morning, Malcolm and I were comparing notes and length of notes. I've got loads, so um, you're just going to have to bear with me and maybe stay a bit later this morning. <laughs> um, I am the second choice this morning, not the second person up, although I am, but Bev was supposed to be speaking this morning, not me, and um, unfortunately she realised there was a clash with the children's work, so I was roped in. Um, but it did highlight the issue that we really, 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 really need more children's workers. So um, you don't have to lead it, you don't have to lead the session, but you could just be there to help, to be another hand. Um, you know, you can work with the little ones at creche, just be another hand, or you can work and just be a helper with the older ones, that would be great. So um, if you feel that you could do that, talk to Steve, <laughs> um, and um, he'll tell you about DBSs and stuff. Um, I love testimonies. I don't know about you guys, but I love them. I love hearing about how God's moved in someone else's life. It encourages me. It builds me up. Um, and quite often it's not just like Malcolm. It's not the, just the story of their conversion that you hear at their baptism, but it's how God has consistently worked in their lives. And um, I don't know if all of you this morning are Christians or not, but whether you like it or not, he is part of your story. Um, and my prayer this morning is that you would, um, you would dig and you would find out more about him and that he would be a greater part of your story and that you would, would acknowledge him for who he is and what he's done. So I hope my um, sharing helps you with that. Um, so when Steve asked me when Bev had to back out, um, I was panicked. I was just like, oh my goodness. I want to bless my husband. I want to encourage my husband um, in what he's doing, but I don't really want to do this. I hate being up the front. I'd rather be out the back washing up, um, but here I am. It's good to kind of stretch yourself and test yourself, and God will be with you. And um, the other thing I love about testimonies is they're so different, you know? Everyone's just so, so different. And Malcolm couldn't pick one verse. I couldn't think of one verse. <laughs> so um, I, I just had to kind of go back through my Christian life, really. And, um, you know, I wasn't given any verses by anyone, really. Um, you know, I was the person who we had a youth weekend away just after I'd become a Christian, about a year or so after I'd become a Christian. And I was all keen and eager. And believe it or not, I was sitting in the holy front row. And you'll know, you'll find out why I don't sit in the front row anymore. And I was sitting there and this guy had come from Ireland and he was prophetic. And he, you know, he was giving people words and verses and, and everything. And I'm sitting there going, come on, Lord, speak to me. I need some direction. Speak to me. And then he called different people up for prayer. And, uh, and I'm getting me, you know, and I, I was leaning forward in my chair, praying, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. The next thing I know, someone's fallen back in the spirit and donked me on the head. And I was just so embarrassed. It was like, God, what are you trying to say? What's that about? So I'm that kind of person. Um, the other reason I think God hasn't really spoken to me in verses is that my memory is appalling. He often speaks to me with pictures. Um, and people that are prophetic normally kind of speak into my life. 
um, or Keith Tan, who's just like amazing. He's allowed to speak into my life. Um, so I think part of it is my appalling memory. I'll probably forget people's names. I'll call you the wrong name. I'll take after my mum um, by doing that. So I call people love a lot. And so I think part of it is that I probably wouldn't remember a verse if God gave it to me. I've tried to remember verses, but it hasn't, it hasn't worked. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to just go through my Christian life. So when you get saved, when I got saved, the big one that was on the side of the church, Bromley Christian Centre, when I got saved... John 3.16, that's, that's, you know, that was the big one, you know. Um, I was 16 when I got saved, and um, surprise, surprise, mum, uh, I'd already had a couple of boyfriends by then, <laughs> um, and so at the youth group, a lot of the youth leaders kept giving me a verse, the one about, don't be yoked with an unbeliever, that was like hammered in, don't be yoked with an unbeliever. And that was really hard at the time because there were boys that I knew from before. Um, but within a few months of being obedient and not going out with non-Christian boys, I met Steve. So um, that's brilliant. And we've just celebrated our 23rd anniversary. So um, God is good. Um, I got baptised and I'm sure people gave me verses and scriptures. And I know there's one in my, on my certificate, which I don't know where it is. Um, and I couldn't remember anything. I got married at 18, and um, loads of people gave verses, and our address seemed to go on forever. Um, <laughs> but it, it isn't a verse that kind of stuck with me and has helped me through my, my life. Um, there was the verse about, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. You know, that's kind of hammered into you. But you must get the context because husbands have to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So he had to be willing to die for me. I've just got to submit to him. So let him get on with it. Um, and then after a couple of years of marriage, I, I don't know how many, but the one about the wife being, you know, a nagging wife being like a dripping tap kind of came to me. Um, and then, and then I had lots of like directional things, you know, Book of Proverbs is fantastic. Um, and then, as I said about my memory, um, Colossians 4 verse 6, the one about, um, you know, your speech being seasoned with salt and that one. I'm rubbish at it, but I had it pinned everywhere. I had it on the mirror, I had it written down, I had it on my prayer list, I had it in my Bible. I went over it every day, could not quote it to you now. My memory is shocking. Um, and I thought, no, I can't talk about that one because I haven't got that sorted. My mouth and my tongue still get away with me sometimes, so I'm not going to talk on that one. Um, and then I thought, the book of James, but that's a bit much to cover in, sort of 15 minutes, so be blessed. I haven't chosen a whole book. Um, so if, like Malcolm, you have been blessed, someone's given you a verse, be blessed, take it on board, be encouraged by that. Um, dig deeper into it. Read the context, as I said about, you know, husbands and wives. Read the context. It's really important. That might give you a bit more of what the whole thing's about. Find some commentaries. Read them. Find out what, what is going on. What was the historical, you know, point in time? What was going on? 
because that might help. Read, the trans read different translations, because different translations will use slightly different words, okay? And some are more helpful sometimes than others. And I'll tell you about that later. And pray about it. Ask Dad to explain why he's given you that verse. Because sometimes you get a verse and it's not obvious why you've been given that verse. Um, sometimes you have a verse and you think, okay, I'll jot that. Someone's given it to you, you jot it down. And it only makes sense to you in hindsight. So, um, you know, it's like Tom Shaw. He kept writing down, writing down what people were giving him, pictures and verses. And he ended up with, like, pages and pages of why God was sending him to the States. So, um, although I love Proverbs, the verse that I'm going to speak about is not a directional verse. So, don't lose the will to live. It's a bit longer. It's um, not a short verse. Um, but it's an encouragement and a comfort to me. Um, it shows me that God's heart is of a father, not a dictator. Um, I didn't have that lightning bolt moment when it kind of spoke into my life. It's just kind of, sort of seeped its way in. And um, I've had to read about it and study it and, and dig deeper into it. And um, just to encourage you that God sometimes speaks in a whisper, not a shout. And um, I was saying to him, you know, Lord, why didn't I get this verse? Why, you know, how come you bless all these other people? They get all these wonderful verses. And he went, you'd have been really lazy. You'd have just taken that word and that would have been that. You wouldn't have dug deeper into the Bible. So I can't argue with that. So the verse is, or verses, um, it's 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. And I'll read that. Uh, da, 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 da. So, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So those that know me um, know that I suffer with chronic back pain. So this um, was diagnosed when I was about 14. I went for my rubella jab and they weren't sure if there was something wrong with my, my spine because um, whatever position they seemed to put me in, I was like, they said, I'm, I'm like a bendy toy. Whatever position they manipulated me into, I'd stay in that position. And that, so they kind of monitored it. And then I was diagnosed with scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine. And um, eventually I was referred to the Royal National Orthopaedic Hospital in Stanmore, um, where they were going to straighten my spine, put a rod and some screws in to straighten it. A bit like a, a tree with a stake, you know, kind of straighten, straighten the sapling, keep it nice and straight. Two weeks before I was due to go in to hospital, um, youth, listen to this, do not bunk off school or sixth form, especially to see boys that will eventually become your husband. Because when I was bunking off, um, I, my friend was driving and we hit a tree. 
And uh, long story short, uh, one of my vertebrae exploded into about 15 pieces. Um, so the straightforward straightening wasn't going to happen. Um, I went, I had the blood test. They were like, this isn't the same operation. What's happened? I explained to them. Once I even went under, woke up feeling really good. I think I'm back on the general ward. Mum went, Jen, you haven't had it done, love. <laughs> My surgeon couldn't face, he didn't feel up to doing that surgery that day. He just knew it was a huge thing and he, he needed more time. So eventually I had the operation and I've been in back pain, well, back pain since the accident really, but back pain ever since. Um, and I've lived with it and I've done different things, um, pain management courses and stuff like that, and I've taken the tablets. Um, but last year it got worse and um, the fusion hadn't actually... Part of, the, part of it had fused, but part of it hadn't. So essentially I was walking around with like a sort of fractured back still. Anyway, but it was painful, really painful. Um, and during the years, I have had prayer. I've gone forward for prayer. I've received prayer. I've prayed myself. But God hasn't answered the prayer for healing. Um, one night I did become pain-free after prayer at Stoneley. I really wanted to go to the prayer meeting that was praying through the nations alphabetically, and I really wanted to be there for that. And some people prayed for me, and the pain went for that meeting, and then it came back again. But it got me through that prayer meeting that I really wanted to be at. So when I read this verse, I just think, well, you know, if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Um, and... I just kind of was, was stuck there for a bit, but then I thought, no, there's more to it. There's more in this than just being, okay, well, if it was good enough for him, I'm, I'm okay, you know, with it. Um, and it's helped me because when you get prayed sometimes, um, repeatedly, you, and you don't get healed, it's quite frustrating. Um, and this has really helped me, this scripture, because Paul did amazing things and he carried on despite this thorn in the flesh. Um, and this is where I want to encourage you. So if you haven't been listening, turn your ears up now. Um, because even if you haven't got a history of pain or back pain, this thorn in the flesh, it's never explained what it is. Scholars have you know, debated it. It's never been explained or expanded on what it was. And that is what is brilliant about the Bible. Sometimes it's a little bit opaque um, because sometimes if things are explicit, if you haven't got that, you kind of dismiss it. Um, so scholars have tried to work out what the thorn was um, and it could be translated as, as a stake in the side or a hook. Um, and it's written in present tense, which means that it was more than just like, I've got a headache today or I've got a backache today. It was an ongoing thing that he um, had to suffer with. Um, and if you read just the message, uh, the unfortunate word they use there is handicapped, which I really don't like. Um, and that would just lead you to think of like a physical disability. But, you know, mental disability is um, just as important. And scholars have actually argued that it could be 
um, depression, epilepsy, a migraine attack, a speech impediment, impediment, ophthalmic issues, and the list goes on, you know what scholars are like. Um, and so you're going to say, oh, that's all right if you're disabled or you've got something going wrong with you. But the original wording can actually be, be translated as mortal or flawed or human. So persecution, spiritual snares, temptations are also a possibility. And so I hope this verse makes it a bit more applicable to you because who of us isn't tempted at some time in our lives? There are further ways the thorn in the flesh could be understood. And in those times, um, we refer to people these days as a bit of a pain in the neck. Uh, but in those days, they were referred to as a barb in the eye or a thorn in the side. So Paul could be speaking metaphorically about those who hindered his ministry. As he went around, Jews followed him and persecuted him. Um, and perhaps you have felt bullied or um, you've had someone that was just a pain in the neck around you. Um, so hopefully this verse will um, help you as well. Um, from what I've read, I would believe that actually it's a physical problem that Paul had, um, an issue with his eyes, because if you read Galatians 4, he talks about his writing being large and things like that. So, um, scholars also like to discuss how Paul came about the pain, whether Satan gave Paul the pain or if God used Satan, because after all, it says in here, the pain is used to stop him from being conceited and therefore to aid his ministry. Um, and in those times, some of the translations of the words of um, message or messenger can be an angel. It could be something like an in inanimate object, even like a beacon, because a beacon gives a message. Um, but that's not the point. Another point of discussion that, that is often discussed is um, whether Paul prayed three times, doesn't seem very much to me, if you're in pain, um, or if he pray prayed three times daily, which was the Jewish custom in those days and prayer let me underline this prayer should be your first port of call if you're in, in pain with a headache or a backache or whatever it is prayer should be your first port of call um, what is amazing to me and is a comfort to me is that God responded he wants to have a relationship with us um, it reminds me that he does answer prayer it's not always the way I want it to be answered sometimes it's no Fair enough. Uh, although I do argue that sometimes. Not now, or as in this passage, that his grace is sufficient for me. So um, if your pain isn't removed, as mine isn't, just remember that his grace is, for, is sufficient for you, for his power is made perfect in weakness. It encourages me to seek him and his grace, not my strength or my ability to deal with pain. It lets me off the hook, and it's not all down to me. It reminds me to look to him to get me through the day, not just pain management techniques. Um, so I've been on pain management courses where you learn you know, to pace yourself. You only sit for 20 minutes at a time, and then you get up and you do something else. And then you have all sorts of um, plans made so that if um, things happen, you can, you can put those plans into action. It's not about that. It's about God helping me to get through the day. It's not about the tablets I take, which, I'm, you know, tablets are good, doctors are good, but it's to seek and depend on him. Human courage and strength is celebrated, and it's even worshipped in this day and age. If you look at someone like Bear Grylls, 
you know, he's got fame, he's got celebrity, he's kind of adored, but what has he done? He's made his career out of being strong and courageous, of being a survivor. Um, so if it's all about me, my ego would get huge. I know it would. Um, so if it's all about me, I can become self-sufficient. You know, it's my pain management technique. It's me being strong. I'm going to smile through the pain. But I need to be God-dependent, not self-sufficient. Human strength is like the flowers of the field. They have their day in the sun, but then they shrivel up and die. Enduring strength is in God alone. Uh, a little birdie has told me, once or twice, that I'm very achievement-focused. Um, so they will come in at the end of the day and, uh, oh, how was your day, Jen? And instead of saying, it's been good, it's been fine, I'll go, well, I did the washing, and I, did, I, I hung it up, and I got it in again, and then I did this, and then I did that. And it's all about what I've achieved, what I've managed to do. Um, so it's not about me. It's about God in me helping me. And this verse is really encouraging because... Sometimes when I'm in bed all day, um, Steve's working three jobs, he's doing the house, he's getting Amy up and ready for school, taking her to school, and I'm still in bed, and I'm in there most of the day. It reminds me that I've still got a use. This verse, you know, you've still got a use, um, and God is going to use you. Um, and that God will use me to highlight him in my weakness. Um, this verse helps keep me humble, as I want to see... Um, others to see God's work in my life, in my weakness, that God will use my limitations, and I pray that if you've got some, he will, you'll pray that he will use yours for his glory, that he wants to use us is amazing, <clears throat> and also that he will use all things for the good. I get friends that say, I don't know how you live with this, Jen, how you live with pain every day, and it gives me a chance to explain to them about my faith that, you know, it's God that sees me through every day, um, and that's how I carry on. We're not promised when we become Christians that our lives will be perfect, that we'll have health, wealth, and happiness, um, because people would come to God for the wrong reasons. Um, that they wouldn't come to a loving father. But even through all this, you can enjoy peace and joy. Um, another reason this verse is encouraging to me is that more so in the past than now, but um, I felt that if I got prayed for and didn't get healed, it was my fault, that I disappointed everyone and was a failure. Um, we were at Brighton Leadership Conference. I think it was right. Anyway, we were at a big conference and my back was really killing me. I just couldn't sit in the chairs anymore. So I went outside and I just had to sort of put my feet up and lay down. And these people that I didn't know came over and offered to pray for me, which is fine, it's great. But when nothing happened, there was just like this awkward silence. And I, you know, no, I don't feel an improvement. The pain's still there. And I just felt like I disappointed everyone. Um... It's also been said um, that God wants everyone healthy and happy. Um, and that gives great pressure to those who have disabilities. Um, 
It's made me feel that I don't even have that mustard seed of faith, um, that I'm not in favour with God, that I'm not good enough. Um, And that has put me off going forward for prayer. And it put me off church and meetings for a while. Um, And I accept prayers and Steve prays. So I'm not saying don't ask for these things. I'm just explaining how I feel when these things um, don't happen. But this verse says that those feelings are stupid because we all know, well, if you know the Bible, Paul had plenty of faith. He was shipwrecked. You know, he was whipped. He, he was persecuted and he still stuck by God and he had his faith. So for me to feel these things, this verse sort of says, you know, Jen, Paul went through it. And um, I was thinking this morning that um, I do believe in healing. This could come across as very negative, that I haven't been um, healed. But I do believe in healing. Uh, Not long after I became a Christian, um, there was a guy at a meeting, and he was prayed for, and he came out of his wheelchair and walked across the stage. Um, So that was 20 years ago, something like that. Do you want something a bit more recent, 20 years ago? Something a bit more recent? Those of us, those of you that know our sister in China, know she's quite an adventurer. And during one of her breaks, she went skiing. No, she went snowboarding for the first time. And she broke her wrist. Um, When she went to, she went to one doctor and got it all x-rayed and everything. And then when she got back to where she lived, she had it re-x-rayed after being prayed for. And I'm not a medic by any stretch of the imagination, but you can clearly see on the two x-rays, and they were up in the Beacon Church, uh, Beacon Centre for quite a while, there is definitely less parts in the second one than there were in the first one. So God had melded together her, um, her wrist. Um, do you want one a bit closer to home? Healing a bit closer to home? I haven't asked this person their permission, but I know they've shared it publicly before. Tash Nameby, or as she is now, Tash Gillett, um, she had something wrong with valves in her heart. I think either she had too many or she didn't have enough. And again, you can clearly see on the scan pictures and whatever that a miracle has occurred, that there has been a healing taken place there, and the medics were completely dumbfounded. Do you want a, one a bit closer to home and a bit more recent than that? Nah, nah. <laughs> um, our very own Darren here has been prayed for. He had like a grating in his hip. It wasn't his back, it was his hip. And he was prayed for and that pain went. So, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in healing. I believe that God still does it today. So don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that he doesn't. We've had other miracles in our lives, like people blessing us with money this year. Um, you know, I've not been able to work, and um, Steve was sitting there one day praying, we need X amount of money in our bank account to, to kind of get through, just to manage. And some people texted us or emailed us and said, look, God just, just wants us to bless you a bit. Can you give us your bank details? And then when that money came through, it was, was for that exact amount that Steve had been praying for. And Steve's been able to share that with schools and stuff he's gone in and he's had the teachers and the kids all crying about it. Um, and the Bible makes it clear that it's in the weakness, not in spite of our weaknesses, that God's strength is to be seen. Um, 
And that helps me because sometimes I can put on that mask, that smiley face, and that's not real. God wants me to be humble and just to lean on him instead of trying to do it in my own strength. Studying this verse, um, I know it's not a question of being good enough or having a great amount of faith or being the best Christian that I can be, whether I'm healed or whether I'm not. It's how God wants to use me in my weakness so that his strength is more apparent. Again, I'm not saying don't pray. Keep praying. Um, And, you know, Steve and I still pray. And, you know, we were at Cambridge a few weeks back and um, they have two services and the, the, the kids had been out for a little bit and they came in at the end and they wanted to pray for people. They wanted to pray for healing. And they gave a list of um, ailments that they felt, felt God had given them to pray for that morning or in that, that service. Um, and back pain was one of them. So um, I went forward for them, people I don't know, went forward for these children to pray over me and it was just an amazing experience like I didn't get healed but God was doing a work in me and I was able to bless them because if I hadn't gone forward maybe those girls that had felt God was saying back pain maybe if no one else went forward they would have felt that God wasn't speaking to them that they'd misheard and that would have affected their faith Um, I also spoke to uh, Lisa Tan afterwards, and she went to the first service where they'd also done this, and back pain was not mentioned. Um, So the kids had obviously, you know, been hearing from God. It was amazing. So God can and does heal, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. Um, And he, you know, not always... I know that when I die, obviously, I'm going to have a new body, and I look forward to that because there will be no more pain, um, and that will be amazing. Um, But in the meantime, I'll remain knowing that while I am weak, he is strong, and that my greatest desire is for my story to be his glory.